Hello and welcome to a special presentation from In The Money Media. This is our all-turf pick three show for Saturday, January 6th. I'm your host, Peter Thomas Fornital. Very happy to be back with you from a man joining us today from the planet Texas. He's Jonathan Kinchin. JK, what's up? You know, I just uh, was going to say looking forward to the national championship on Monday night, but that wouldn't be the truth. Um, <laughs> bitter Texas know. fan. Yeah, nah, I'm bitter, just disappointed, I think. Is the you really took the high road when I talked about it. It felt like there were some things in that semifinal game you could have whined about, but you, you, you totally took the high road when we talked no, about it. No, no, no. I mean, it's look, it's, I, I, you know, I think my time in, in like, in, in coaching, I think also like in sports betting, like, you 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 can hyper focus on one moment, but you're not allowed to hyper focus on one moment that impacted the game, and then ignore other moments. Like you have to look at them all as a group. You know what I mean? I'm a, I'm a huge. I hate people that are like, oh, that kicker missed that field goal at the end of the game to win. Well, what about on third down earlier in the game when the receiver dropped the ball? Like that would have moved the chains. That would that you can't. So look, I, I think that I think that we put it on the ground twice in that uh, in that second half, and that's what cost the game. I think that's a, a very fair assessment. The one exception, when, when there's something as egregious as what happened to the Lions the other night, I, I'll, I'll allow a fan to complain about that because that was truly and duly out of bounds. And I say this as somebody who benefited tremendously from that uh, result. That was going to be a big kick in the teeth to me if what should have happened happened. And uh, I'll take the ill-gotten victory, and I won't complain about NFL bad beats for a while. It's Hopefully the same it's it's the same as photo finishes, Pete, right? We're talking about racing here. It's the same as photo finishes. I try not to complain too much about photos and DQs because I have gotten photos I probably shouldn't have got when I wasn't best, and I've probably gotten putting up times where I, I shouldn't have been putting up. But I, you just you don't you you only remember the ones that hurt, not the ones that help. It is so amazingly true. Hopefully there'll be no lost photos or bad beats in this all turf pick three sequence. We actually were double doing double duty on these races as on the, the, the regular late week show. We talk about the entire coast to coast pick five sequence. Encourage folks to take a look. Might be some interesting ways to hedge slash press slash just get creative in your ticket construction between these two bets since two of the races are the same. But the race that kicks off the all turf pick three on this uh, on this Gulfstream Saturday is not one of the ones we talked about. It's race number seven. It goes at 3.08 Eastern, and uh, it's an allowance race going a mile and a 16th on the turf with a big full field of 12 going postward here. JK, how do you want to light this candle? Yeah, look, I, I, I think I only need uh, the 10 in here, quality G. Um, I mean, I make my wife happy too, but it has nothing to do with that. <laughs> This horse is, is, especially the way that was ridden last time, right? Tactical, got was wide all the way around there. I think probably Irad learned something. The races under Manny, I thought the horse ran extremely well with nice numbers against nice horses, redistricting being one of them. I just think that Quality G is in that perfect draw, in that perfect situation. And and, and if you listen to the cross-country uh, show or a coast-to-coast show, you'll you'll know that I have uh, a spready opinion in the next leg. And so in order to make this make sense for me, I had to take a chance here to kind of pull it back. And one of the great things is, is if quality G gets beat, I am fully and able to come back and play the coast to coast. So I can be aggressive on this situation with this first leg um, with that $3 minimum to really try to punch this thing. And if I miss it, then I can kind of carry on. I understand that my fear about quality G who I have in my, as one of the two I want to use here is, 
I was thinking just looking at figures, if the two to one was maybe a little underpriced, but man, the more I went through the field, I just found more negatives than positives on everybody else. So I came right back to this horse. I did put the nine Macalop on top. I thought this was an important rider switch and possibly a great trip from off the pace in a race where I thought there would be plenty of speed. I was going to try to get out nine and 10. What do you think about that? What price is quality G going to be in this spot? I mean, I think, I mean, I don't think there's a huge standout, right? Like, I, I mean, I think that other horses will take some money. I think other horses are interesting in here. Um, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a studier of the Gulfstream Park morning line, and I also don't really care. I, I mean, I think that like two to one makes sense. It's Todd, it's Irad. Maybe you, maybe you click down to eight to five or seven to five. But like we talked about before, when it comes to multi-race wagers, um, I care significantly less about the price of the horse. In the wind pool. Um, in, the, in the wind pool. It doesn't make a difference to me, really, because it's different. Especially, think about what we're comparing here, right? You're comparing a situation that's got a lot of computer money. It's got a lot of $2 wagerers. It's got, you know, big chunky win bets, a different takeout. A whole bunch of different things are happening in the wind pool versus the $3 minimum pick three, right? Like, it's like, it, it's a completely different game. Um, and my value is you, you, you pick up so much value by singling, you know, especially in a, a 12 horse race with, with, with a full field. I, I really am not overly concerned with what the price is of the horse as it pertains to a multi-race wager. Let's pivot to race number nine. And we did go over this race probably longer <laughs> than we will here on the other show. We've got stakes action, the ginger brew for these three-year-old fillies going a mile. This was one and I'll actually pronounce it correctly this time, just uh, just for a laugh, where I was very keen on number six, Waski Sue. I think that's how we said we say it. It's cer- I certainly got closer than, than not having the S in there when I pronounced it on the other show. I just thought this last race, the debut on the turf, very, very fast. Longtime listeners know I love it when they get on a new surface and improve like that. Often further improvement comes. The clock loved this race. And I just think this horse is going to be able to sit from off the pace and get the job done. I will back up with uh, the 10 runner, Yetta Yatta. Oh, my God. I, I really am having vision problems today. And also, number 12, Life's an Audible. Yatta with a flow upgrade situation and race should be much better run to suit. And Life's an Audible, just obvious here. So a lot of six and a little 12, 10 for me. JK, you had this spread here. Yeah, I'm pretty spready here. Four, six, seven, ten, twelve. Um, but I will say this, you know, opposite of what I kind of felt in the in the in the uh, coast to coast. You know, it's a different minimum. You're dealing with a dollar minimum. Uh, you're dealing with more legs, more multiples. So I I I did kind of spread there um, because I had that valiant force opinion that I could kind of single yes. a little bit. You know, in, in a situation like this, I, I don't necessarily have a problem with trying to beat two horses that I'm not over the top about the four and the seven or the four and the 12, excuse me. I'm not over the moon about them. They're both going to be pretty short prices. If you want to get like really, you want to really try to like punch this thing, you know, um, in the ribs, I think you could go six, seven, 10 only. It just depends on what your appetite is, what your uh, opinion of the race is as well. And what your goal is with the sequence. If you really want to try to hit a home run with this, with this wager, I think there's a way that you could do that by, getting rid of the four and the 12 and trying to hit it for more multiples than you would initially with the $3. So me personally, I'll probably just spread four, six, seven, 10, 12. I think that my single in the first leg is, is, is pretty aggressive. 
in terms of a full field. Um, so four, six, seven, ten, twelve for me. I, I really do like uh, the 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 seven and the ten the most. I think are interesting. The six would be kind of second to me, and the four and the twelve are kind of just there to protect the other opinions that I that I do have some confidence in. Absolutely love that point about your opinion being different because of the sequence. And that's something we should talk about more on shows like this, honestly. And maybe uh, we could make that a late New Year's resolution for 2024. The good thing about this sequence, JK, is it closes off with more stakes action in a race where you and I both see it as a lockup situation. The Danya Beach, where we've got a field of 10 going postward. And we're interested in the form horses coming out of that Breeders' Cup juvenile turf. Give us your read on this one. Yeah, I only need two horses here, the 6 and the 10. Uh, I think I can lock it up with those air recruit who's, who's got some speed, who's shown that speed, who I think will be forwardly placed. And if the paces is, is slow or honest, I think this is the best horse forwardly placed um, and, and should be able to win. And I love a race where you can then, if the pace is fast, this horse gets hooked, you can get the best closer in the 10 agate road. Those are the only two I need, the six and the 10. And I feel like this, uh, this thing's locked up in that last leg. Little to add other than I'm going to definitely be pressing Agate Road a little bit more because I think this horse might be a little bit faster and might just get the better setup. But, uh, you know, I'm talking probably in this bet rather than having the, the, the six be sort of like a deeper backup as just it's, it's just a question of how many times I'm going to hit it. I'm going to have it much more with Agate Road here as we close out this Saturday. All turf pick three. Lot, this is a short show, but there's lots more content out there on the network. We've got the Coast to Coast show, as mentioned, and we're also going to have a show for the Sunday all turf pick three. If you're watching racing on Saturday, um, you can, you can uh, if you're international or you have one of those magic boxes, you can check me out. I'm going to be on Sky Sports for the afternoon covering these races. Very excited to be doing that. You on TV this weekend or are you taking it off down there in Austin? No, no, I'm on today. Uh, well, Friday, today being Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, all three days. Excellent. So you can find JK on the Fox family of networks. Before we get out of here, just want to thank our friends at Gulfstream Park. Been fun working with them, especially uh, Peter Rotundo and uh, Aiden Butler getting uh, these deals teed up for us to cover the great action uh, across the country from uh, the first family of racetracks. And we love it when they do creative bets like this Coast to Coast and the All Turf. Excellent opportunities for players, and we look forward to doing a lot more throughout the month of January and hopefully beyond. That's going to do it for this edition of the show. For Jonathan Kinchin, I'm Peter Thomas Fornital. May you win all your photos. <laughs>